welcome, welcome to ArtCast. I'm your favorite Zoe. Today we have a special guest. You may not know him, probably never seen him before, but I'm gonna let him introduce himself. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, Madoshe here, you know, just humble servant of the Lord, uh, doing what God asked me to do. Um, <laughs> decided to step in today and uh, just have this heavy topic that Zoe wanted to talk about. I said, listen, let's, let's go ahead and chop it up, you know? Uh, so, you know, Thank you for having me. Appreciate y'all. Uh, this is the topic that me and uh, Pastor Madache <laughs> agreed on. Um, so the topic today will be sex before marriage. Mm. Um, it's a topic that I think growing up in church, we always had the biblical outlook on it, what the verse says and what the Bible says. Yeah. But then going through life, reality hits. So a lot of times I feel like people who probably did have sex before marriage and slipped up when they come to church it's always as far as me growing up sex was always spoken only to married people like when you're married you're married and i felt like the people who weren't married that would having sex would just sit there and there was like no message for them okay well let me ask you what message should be given to people who aren't married oh uh, i guess we gotta look at the bigger picture okay once you have Sex and most people it's not just one time mm -hmm. and most people it's not just one partner So if you've had multiple partners and you've had sex multiple times Then you create What you know and what you like Okay Or what you love you may become to love certain things And then you know you fell off you get back on your path and now you say okay I'm gonna get right I'm gonna become abstinent celibate for God and now you get married. Now you're married and you're married to someone, let's say you stay true to your walk that you never had sex with. So now you like certain things and you don't like certain things. And now you have a partner who probably can't reach that and it becomes an issue. And I've talked to a lot of people to where they feel like you probably should have sex before marriage. I've heard people say you probably should live with somebody before marriage because it's not something a lot of people are willing to deal with. Okay. Even if you take the sex part out, if you just say shacking up, like living with somebody, a lot of people, the relationship was great. As soon as they start living with that person, they now they find out who that person really is. I remember I told you that you should do a three month trial run <laughs> with married people before they get married. But I know the biblical standpoint on it, but I do look at divorce is running rapid right now. And I feel like people are just going into things that they're just not ready for. And because they've experienced people are living with people nowadays, people are, are going on vacations and trips with people. They're doing so much and they're expecting their ex expectations are so high and their partner just may not and it may not be fair to their partner it may be you know we're doing a dishonor to them by giving our bodies up or even giving our time up to people before marriage okay well it sounds like we already know what the biblical know what the bible says um so right now we're really kind of hitting the social aspect of this topic to understand uh what is the best approach um to really get the result that that pleasing to God without really going against the Bible or maybe even without sinning. Without sinning. Um, 
so if if that's the case, then we would have to really go back and look at culture, different cultures, um, how they handle um, marriage and sex, and then going into different um, ethnic groups um, to understand it. The reason I say that is, for instance, if you look at the Middle Eastern um, religion um, and that culture, the way that they handle sex, even though some of them do have sex pre pre marriage, but before anything else, the parents kind of make a decision. So it's almost like a corporate decision on who you marry. Um, and the woman does have a choice. They do say, no, nah, I'm really not you know, feeling this guy. Um, but typically it's a community effort on who they marry. But not only that, they have a rule where they, the husband-to-be lives with the wife's to be's parents or in the household that that wife is came from they kind of flip uh the script where the future husband lives where the wife was living and the wa- future wife lives where the future husband's going to be living to understand the background of that person so they know exactly what they're getting ready to get into which I believe is kind of, you know, it's very wise uh, to do that way. You're not coming in blindly. You, you understand what this person does. You get to speak to parents to see how they were raised. Um, but sex plays a big part in marriage. But it's not the biggest part. It, if you would have to say divorce, okay, let's not say divorce, cheating. Okay. I would have to say sex would have to be top three. So you think people cheat because of sex? They're not getting good sex? Not satisfied sexually, lack of attention, and then finances. If I had to say, um, when I listen to women that have told me reasons why they've cheated, I've listened to guys why they're cheating, and there's really no real reason. It would be the dumbest things I ever heard of. Mm. But when I listen to women, it's financial. He's not providing, he's not doing what he's supposed to do. And there's another guy that that has it. And then you're looking lack of attention. You know, sometimes it's not his fault. He's working. He's at work all the time or he's into his craft, whatever he is. He's a photographer, if he's a rapper, whatever he's doing, just doesn't have time for her. She finds somebody that does. And then sexual satisfaction. He's just, and what's crazy is they won't leave the guy. She actually loves him. She actually wants to like, spend the rest of her life but there's just certain things she needs and she just goes out and finds that so i feel like sex absolutely plays a huge part i mean if we went into marriage all virgins this wouldn't be an issue but we didn't so it's like what do you really do like is it if you choosing not to have sex before marriage is it conversation is it okay Tell me where you were sexually active. Okay, tell me the things you're into. Tell me the things you're not into. Like, are we supposed to be having these type of conversations where some people would be like, you know what? Let's just have sex where I know somebody um, told me she and her partner were sexually active. Once they got engaged, they stopped. And they didn't become active again until marriage. Then how's that working out for them? They're still married. Okay. Well, typically anyone that comes through premarital counseling, whether they're having sex or not, that's one of the rules that I've asked. I said, listen, during counseling, no sex until the wedding night. 
to make sure that we please God, um, e- even if they have kids already, <laughs> um, just to make sure that God is pleased, you know, and, and, and the marriage is sanctified. But outside of marriage, a single person, that could be tough because when you find someone that you want to spend the rest of your life with, uh, you don't treat that person the same way you would somebody else. So the intimacy that takes place um, in the bedroom tends to be, it's, it's not just physical anymore. It, and, and it shouldn't be. Because a lot of times as guys, we just look at it as physical, but for a woman, it's a whole lot more than that. It's emotional. Correct. It, it's, it's, it's once, once we're done, I don't want you to leave. I want you to cuddle. I, I want you to hold me. Um, I want you to talk to me. I want to make sure that now stimulate me mentally since I've done my job physically. Um, these things are important, but I think it's just lack of knowledge a lot of times. And I think we're not patient with each other. It's it's also our past. We bring that. If you listen to some of these songs or and things, and it's like, this is what I expect you to be a porn star. I expect you to do this because the last three girls were. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of times I feel like that's unfair to the woman because maybe she's not like that. Like there's dudes, maybe they don't want to cuddle, but then she expects that. And now she's she needs that warmth and she doesn't find that because in your past, you would just mess around with these chicks and then put your pants on and go home. Now you're married. You can't do that. And you want to roll over and watch ESPN because that's what you're used to doing. And that could cause her to cheat. I think that's a conversation. I think before the marriage, uh, there should be a conversation that's had to communicate to say, listen, um, whether I am physically with you or not, but this is what I would love. Because for them to get to the state where they are married, then there has to be that point where they f- they fell in love. And if they fell in love, then they have to understand what caused me to fall in love. And that has to be still continuous in the marriage. It's a lot of, it's coming from a woman's point of view, what I've seen, it's a lot of things being tolerated. Okay. Like I'll listen to women talk sometimes and like you said, culture, Haitians, as men, we wasn't really raised to express ourselves. And I feel like a lot of women would tolerate that. Hmm. But then they'll get married in a year or two or three pass by and he doesn't bring me flowers or he, he may pay all the bills and, 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 and take me out and do all this, but he won't hold me or he won't tell me he loves me. And it's something that I think a lot of women tolerate a lot of things that just begin to fester hmm. rather than saying something. They want to get married. They want to have a house. They want to have a kid. So, OK, he provides, but he's not emotionally like expressing himself to me. I'll tolerate that. So so then this sounds like the main issue then is communication, even though something might be going wrong, but they're not letting it know. They're not voicing it to say, honey, listen, I need this from you. Because as I said, like we're Haitian and growing up watching our parents and our aunties and uncles where the women would just shut up, where they didn't voice their opinion, mm. where they didn't say anything, where they just stuck it out. Okay. And nowadays, that's why I think divorce is so rampant. Women aren't sticking it out anymore. They're not staying quiet. They're not accepting bare minimum. They're not accepting this just to stay married rather than, you know, I I could say my parents or or, or some people I saw where the situation, they probably wasn't happy. But because another thing is church plays in that, too, because I'm a Christian, I'm going to stay in this because I want to look good in front of Pastor Madashe. I'm going to stay in this situation and tolerate this, that, and the third 
rather than speaking up and saying something. So I feel like a lot of times they just shut up and take it. And I think times have changed where they're not going to shut up and take it, where they where they're working more, where they where women are making X amount of money to where it's like, OK, I don't necessarily need to be in this marriage mm. to survive where I felt like growing up. A lot of our mothers, because of a language barrier, really depended on our fathers for incomes. So we're like if they wanted to leave or wanted to say something or they weren't sexually satisfied or they weren't happy or there was no communication, they would leave. I mean, they would stay. But now you don't you don't you can't sexually satisfy me. I'm out. You can't financially provide for me. I'm out. You won't let me make my own decisions. I'm out. So it turns goes back to like even sex before marriage. It's like. I'm walking into this, and if you can't do X, Y, Z, then I don't need to be here. It used to just be men. Now it's women. It's like if you can't go two, three rounds, I don't need to be here. Well, I think we're looking at two different extremes, or two extremes. We're looking at um, our parents staying in a loveless marriage, a abu- an abusive marriage. Um, there was or- love there. <laughs> we 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 will see it in a weird way. Yeah, you know, in a way we understand. Correct. Um, and then you have the other side of the extreme where any little thing, I'm out. I'm not going to be patient enough to wait to fix it. So the middle ground then should be let's communicate because we're in this together to be able to fix it because I might look for it somewhere else and it's still still not there or I may get one part fixed but not the other I may have one thing in one guy and yet you know he's missing this part that you were giving me so I understand but to me it's that communication to build and grow together to understand listen they're so you feel like sex before marriage let's take the bible out of it okay sex before marriage does more harm than good um I'm not going to say no or yes. I think it depends on the individuals. Um, I think it depends on the understanding of the individuals. Because if, again, we're taking the Bible out of it, so that's why I'm not saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask you the Bible in a second, but right now, let's take it out. But if we're we're looking at the individuals, because there are people that have, that's naturally patient. They're like, listen, I see this. I could work with you on this for me to get to where I need to be. Um, and they're willing to do that. They will work it out, do whatever. Um, for instance, you'll find a woman that has a man that cheats on her and she sees something in him that she's like, listen, I'm willing to work it out. Don't do it to me again. And then she'll even make stuff up in her mind to say, as long as he's coming home to me. But that's because she sees something in him that she sees in herself that she's like, that he could build me in this point or or in this part. Um, and really you, you you have the other side where man i'm out yeah it's like nah buddy uh, i'm i'm done but guys uh, uh, honestly guys have never really divorced women it's usually women that leave guys when we fall in love we will stay through thick or thin we may cheat we may do this stuff but that main woman that we love we're not leaving them. It's debatable. Okay. In a sense, I feel like from a guy's point of view, uh, letting the ladies into to guy's kingdom, um, you're never supposed to 
even a boyfriend or girlfriend, a guy's not really supposed to break up with a girl. That's I think we all, as men, we know that. What guys tend to do, and they might say I'm snitching, we may make Ghost. it <laughs> to where she breaks up with us. We may start, like, things are just not the way we want it, so we start ghosting, we start texting less, we start moving different to make her feel like she's the one doing the breakup. But in reality, we've been gone. Mm-hmm. Just in case... We get our head right later on. We can come back because it was her that did the breakup. Because yeah. if you break up with her, the chances of her taking you back. Oof. But now to bring the biblical part, is does sex before marriage do more harm than good? In front of God's eyes. In front of God's eyes, yes. Um, to answer it bluntly, because the Bible talks about any sexual sins. Um, outside of marriage will cause harm. Uh, and let's take, for instance, the, an example with modern day, uh, you have sex, unprotected sex, and now you, ha- and you, you, know, you have a child on the way. And you're a single parent now. That guy could say, it's not mine. Or even if you have DNA tests and you put that person on child support, that dad or that mom, one of them may not be in the child's life. So we, and even the harm may not be seen immediately, but sooner than later, you'll find out, like, I should have gone the biblical route of doing this rather than. I feel like some people in the church feel like it's okay because they know they're going to marry this person. That's a big if. That's a a big question mark. something, if I say, let's say I propose to her and I put a ring on her finger and we got a wedding date. Even until then, because listen, I have seen weddings just, <laughs> we've seen it on YouTube, we've seen it on social media, you know, the same day of the wedding, you know, people break up or like, no, nah, I'm not walking down that aisle. No, that's not the right person. I've seen it in counseling. They got engaged, came through counseling, and they didn't make it because life really hits them like, this is what you're about it's to a, go through in marriage. decision. It is because I I tell people, I want you to get into marriage with your eyes wide open, not with your eyes wide shut because people fall in love and they're just like, oh, googly goggly about, uh, you know, about the marriage and just, oh, I can't believe I love this person. But we really start talking about the issues when they sit on that couch. They started off like this sometimes. And by the time we're done, they're like, ah, I don't know if this is the person that I really want to get with. Got to come back to session two. Because reality hits. Because we, 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 we tend to talk about, for instance, someone that has sex before marriage and they're about to marry someone that hasn't had sex. Or that person had a child. Um, so now they're about to be a step-parent. We have to talk about that. Because there's going to be some issues going on. You're looking at either baby daddy or baby mama problems that's going to take place that might take place in the relationship. We're looking at uh, some parenting within the home. Because now you might feel like this is my child. I should be the only one that parent rather than no, this is our home, we both parent. So these conversations, they're very sensitive. Yeah, and they said, if I had a kid, I wouldn't, if that's not my kid, I'm not gonna like whip, the, I may discipline that kid, but I won't pull out a belt and touch that kid. Oh, that's a conversation you would have to have with the mom. It's. Because if they're in your home, for instance, let's say that child tried to burn the house down. Because I, I almost did that in Haiti. You're not gonna spank that kid? This is your house that you just bought. To be honest, I mean, we got insurance. <laughs> probably, probably get the upgrade. I just kind of feel like on my upbringing, nah, I, I would like 
That's not. I don't want to explain myself to anybody why I beat a kid. Yeah. If it's my kid, I don't have to explain to. If you come home and you find that kid Ajinu, there's you can probably ask me if you want, but that kid's not getting up. Like, but if it's not my kid, I don't feel like that's my place. Now, will I snitch? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now, so would I, you feel differently if if the father was not in the picture? Let's say father deceased. No, if the to be honest, I, I've said this before. If the father's in the picture, I would love for all of us to have a, a good relationship. If that kid plays basketball, all of us go to the game. If that kid's, if there's a birthday party, we're not going to have two birthday parties. Let's do one birthday party. Only for me, I could say my personal experience, I've never really met a girl that had a kid where the father was active. So I never actually had to deal with that. Mm. Um, I did have a dude want to meet me one time. I'm like, you don't even want to meet your kid. You want to meet me. I'm yeah. like, get out of here. <laughs> but disciplining a kid, I seen it with my father, with my brother, and he didn't really, he never, he never I don't think he ever beat my brother. Mm. But he disciplined him to where I, I would say my brother kind of feared him. But to raise his hand at my brother, nah. Okay. I kind of like looked at that and I was like, I don't. You want to follow I, that same pattern. Because growing up, you know, I grew up in a Haitian church. I, I, I didn't let nobody beat me. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to beat me, go tell my parents. I'm not, I didn't really believe in like beating a kid. Like, if I see your daughter doing something, I'm not going to pull out a belt and beat her. Will I snitch? Absolutely. Yeah. And then I don't want to beat a kid for something the parent won't beat them for. Gotcha. So you don't want to take that chance. Just because it, it's bad for you, that doesn't mean it's bad for the parents. Like, I watched my niece, and I, she, like, knocked, she broke something. And then I'm like, ah, when your mom gets here. Then when the mom got here, the mom was like, is she okay? Yeah, okay, it's fine. Don't worry, I'll clean it up. Like, nothing. Oh, wow. I was like, okay. When I was a kid, come on. Yeah, man. yeah, that's that's a Zoclo, Sabo, uh, Pataswell, and a spanking <laughs> with a belt. <laughs> All right, so no sex before marriage. Moving on to our next topic. Um... You've been saying this in Bible study and on the pulpit. Okay. And it hasn't sat right with me. All right, talk to so me. So you're here now. I can finally ask you talk to, me, talk to go to me. deep into it. Yeah. Why do you feel like men are weak nowadays? I think it is systematic. Um, I think it's a created factor. Um, it's not something that's inherently in us. I think it is something that we we've been groomed to be. Uh, if, if I were to go back through history, you're looking at after World War I, when the men came back, the men came back, even though the women were working because they left the home, they went to work while the men were at war. Um, in America, when the men came back from World War I, they kind of established themselves back in the workforce. And the women, went back and they were like, listen, let's be homemakers again. Uh, the next generation of women that came around for World War II didn't do that. When they went into the workforce and when the men came back from World War II, what took place was the women said, no, no, we're gonna stay working. Um, we could get maids or anything else for the home, but we're gonna stay working. And now it took a little bit of time for the men to get back into the workforce. but. I'm looking at men in general, but I really need to break it down to subgroups. Uh, looking at black men, since you know we're black men in America, there's a there's an effort that's out there that really is there to make sure that black men really don't succeed 
in any which way. Um, I don't know if you know the stat, but the prison system, the privatized prison system is built based on third grade reading levels of black boys. So they know what, how many jail cells and prisons they're going to need based on the literacy or lack thereof of third grade black boys. Because they know that sooner or later they're going to end up in jail, so they build it for that. So when I say systematic approach, I'm looking at from the 50s where black men were still marrying, black women were still marrying black men. All of that was happening to the 60s until after they killed Martin Luther King. Then a year later for welfare program to be put together now to replace a black man inside the home. So where now it's just the government became the husband to the black woman. The black man left the home so we learn now, while we're out the home, because if I'm giving you money, I'm giving you housing where you're only paying 25 cents for it, um, now you could work and, pay, and have luxury cars, take care of your kids, you, you get subsidies for, your, for each child that you have, that, even though I'm the sperm donor. But I get nothing, and now my job, as soon as I get out the house, you get paid now for me not to be in the home. Going forward, it does something to the black man where now I just become a sperm donor, donor to anyone that's around me. So any woman that I see, there's no more family unit. Now it's, I am planting my seed everywhere and not really fathering anyone. It came to the point where the war on drugs, the uh, whole thing about marijuana, everything that took place really kind of took the black man out where even education came to the point where it was mainly black women that went to college, black men didn't. It wasn't until the show came in with uh, Bill Cosby uh, and, and A Different World where you saw a, a plethora of black men that actually decided, listen, let me go get a degree playing, you know, playing in the NBA or, or, or the NFL, I may not make it, one out of a thousand. Actually, no, more, more, more than that. So now you're looking at what do I do as a man for me to make it, for me to be a man that could stand on my own two feet? It makes it very hard, but again, that's not something that's just happening, that just happened like that. This was created for us to be this way. So we're not really weak. Mm-hmm. That, that's, I, cause that's where I'm, I'm understanding everything you're saying by kind of like when you stand on the pulpit and you say that, I'm like, yo, we're weak? Like I be looking around and I got I got to hand it to the arc. I've never really probably growing up at Broadway where I've seen that much young men. And when you say it, it just didn't sit well with me. Like you you did say these things and I'm hearing it now and it's like yo we're set up to fail. But that's not also an excuse. It's not also a, a crutch because there's many successful black men and, and, and black families. Yo, you have the anomalies. You'll have those, you know, <laughs> that, that kind of... But you don't think it's a lot, a lot, way a lot more? Um, no. No. It's because it's saying if, if, if I'm weak in a sense of financial or am I weak as far as like I don't want to be the man of the house or I don't want to be the man 
the head of the, you know, how the Bible says the man is the head and not the. I think that's what it is. I think we, it, it's not the, it's not just financial because I think black men are still providing. I think black men are still hustling out there. They, even though they may not have um, careers, but they have businesses. You know, they're hustling. You know, they're making it. But I, I need a better definition of the week. Like, well, in a, in a, in a, okay, let's look in a, a household where there mm-hmm. is a man, a black man, a black woman. Yeah. A young black son and a young black daughter. Okay. You would call that man weak and I would ask how or why. Well, not at all. I would never call that man weak. This is so a you're man. Saying, th- so who's weak to you? A weak man is someone that's dependent upon somebody else to take care of them. So you're talking to the men who are dependent on their wives, girlfriends, or a woman for financial. So would you say any man that makes less than his partner is weak? Give me a number. How much? How much nurses make? Eighty thousand, seventy thousand a year? Six figures, today. I mean, that's if they're traveling. I no. mean, local. Okay, she makes a hundred thousand. He makes fifty thousand. Um, I would not call him weak. Uh, I would definitely encourage him to to push how much forward. Is a, what's I, uh, what's uh, the uh, ballpark uh, for a, uh, a weak man? Uh, a weak man, I would say, is making minimum wage. How much is that a year? Twenty, thirty? Uh, about eighteen. Right, come on, man. Say nobody. Right? <laughs> Bro, they're out there. Come on, let's That's be. That's my let's thing. Be, let's be a little realistic. Bro, I'm telling you, let's they are at, out there. Let's put it at thirty. Okay. She makes a hundred thousand. He makes thirty thousand. Is that yeah. man weak? I would. I would encourage him for him to get another job or move forward to see a different path to make more money. Okay, then I probably took it wrong. How you? What I? How I looked at it as if men are just not being men. Men are not standing up. Men are not in the forefront. Men are not protecting the women. Men are not just how I remember my father, how your father was, how it, how uh, Pastor LaFortune was, where I say, if you want to say you don't see that anymore, in a sense, I would agree with you, but I just think times have changed to where, like, you have to respect what women are doing nowadays. And I don't think men are just being weak. Men are kind of just allowing women to be women. If a woman wants to stand up and do certain things, men are not standing in their way anymore. I don't know if that makes them weak. Well, I don't. I don't think standing in the way is the word that I would use. Um, I think the the men that we are looking at they are lazy men. For instance, when I say dependent upon their woman. Um, they're doing the bare minimum to take care of a household. Meaning, I'm not working. I want to be a house husband. I want to make sure that, you know, and and even that, they're not even cleaning the house. They're not even doing this to make sure that the wife comes home and it, finds a cooked meal. They're doing the bare minimum. It's, it's because... Okay, get an example. Sunday, I was in church. Uh-huh. After church, the in the overflow room, I forgot her name. She was moving the chairs. Hmm. And I watched a whole bunch of guys just walking by. Yeah. And I was like... That's a problem. I was like, yo, what are you doing? She's like... And, what she, and it's crazy. She says, I'm an usher. It's my job. And then I was like, there's no guy ushers. And then she goes, do you see, like, do you see them? I'm like, yo, you see a whole bunch of guys. Just tell them to help you move the chairs. So she was like saying what she was saying. So I stopped what I was doing and I was helping moving the chairs. And I just went grabbing guys. I just started yelling out names. 
And I was like, yo, help me move the chair. And then when we were stacking them up, I turned around. She's still coming with chairs. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I'm like, you're making us look bad. Put the chair. Like, it's like she refused to put the chairs down. Hmm. That's why, I mean, I feel like men are just moving out the way. Hey, you want to move these chairs? Move them. Now, why I'm didn't in. you just stand there and just let her do it? I wasn't raised like that. That's my point. But it's also, I, I didn't see women doing that. Growing up, I didn't see women moving chairs. I you know what's... I, I, it, I'm going to give a different scenario with what happened yesterday. Yesterday, I came uh, to the church and the lobby, the overflow area was very dirty. Um, and I hate, you know, anything dirty. So I grabbed the vacuum and I'm wiping stuff down and I'm cleaning, doing all of that. And there's a, a few of the younger women that are married that walk by. None of them help. None of them said, hey, Pastor, what are you doing? No, no, let me grab that. Compared to the older women, if they saw me doing it, immediately, like, Pastor, what are you doing? No, no, we've got this. No, no, go, 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 go. So, so these things are important to understand the different culture or what took place. You know, and it's like there's a paradigm shift. It's, but I've, I've seen it, I've, I feel like some people... Nowadays, the way someone would get offended that you would tell them not to move the chairs. Like, what? Because, you, you know, I don't want to say the word fem feminism. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to say the word, but it's kind of, no, I can do this. I've yeah. seen a, a video on Twitter. This girl's changing a tire. And wow. at least four or five guys tried to stop and help her or just do it for her. She said no. Oh, my God, they're invading my space. They, 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 who says I need, like, I don't depend on a man. And I think a lot of, I think that mindset has creeped in yeah. to where, like, just men don't want to do, they just don't want to do nothing about it. Yeah. Like, you want to go and you want to cut the grass or you want to go change your own oil. And it's something to where, like, and that's how I interpreted you calling us weak. And I kind of felt like we weren't weak. We just don't. We just don't want to offend. It's a very offensive generation where you don't want to offend nobody. It's no, I got this. No, I can do this. No, I, I don't need a man. It, it's it's really what I think. What black men, even talking to some of my friends, they tell me that all the time. Like that's all that's projected to them that they don't need a man. And it became a point where they're just okay with it now. Like you go on social media, you go on Twitter, Facebook, you see it all the time. I don't need no man. I don't mean I don't need a man for anything. I can get it on my own. I can get it on my own. I don't need a man to do this. I don't need a man to come da 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 da. And that, in a sense, turns to where men are nowadays. Men are really just used for sex. Yes. Like I don't need. I got I got my career. I remember one girl. She didn't tell me, but one girl said, like I don't need a man. I don't need a relationship right now. I just need a man to please me because I have a career. I have a job. I have this going on in my life. I have that going on in my life. And as men, we're just sitting there like, okay. No, we. I mean, we, I, I promise you, a man will happily take that role. You know, you just want me to please you. That's it. Cool. No responsibility. Nothing. Cool. I'm. And they end up getting married, and it turns into like what you just said. You don't want to do nothing. He in the house. You don't want to. That's nothing. correct. And sometimes I'm you like, created that. <laughs> So I do feel like, and I was, you know, when you would say it, I was like, come on, Shay, we're not weak. But I do feel like a lot of times, even with the moving the chairs, there was a couple guys I told, they looked at me like I was crazy. It's like, you know, as if, I feel like they wanted to tell me, yo, she got it. Don't worry <laughs> about it. She got it. But then I kind of looked at where 
I feel like back then, as soon those girls, nah, they would have been like, no, you guys need to. I'm not doing this. Correct. Where, where are the men? Where are the Correct. Men? I just feel like nowadays women. I don't want to say black women, but I feel like women aren't asking where the men at anymore. They're just doing it. Listen, the damsel in distress is is almost out the window. Um, it's becoming men in distress. <laughs> With mamsels in distress. <laughs> That's nasty work. Nasty work. But really, it, it, it has to shift because... Because our culture need to do a whole lot better, especially with us saying we don't need something. Because you don't know what you need until you uh, until you don't have until it. you don't have it. Um, again, I, I think I was sharing that with my wife. I said you won't hear another culture push that, use those phrases. You know that I don't need a man or I am an independent, strong. You know, and the, and the issue black we, this. The issue I said I feel like. I was saying this on Twitter one time. I like I don't I don't see black men project that either. I don't no. see black men go out and say, I don't need a this, I don't need that. And not it's at like, all. Who's pushing this agenda to where like you don't need us, like or you don't want us? And it's like it's becoming a point where I feel like black men are accepting it. Okay, she don't need me. She just needs me for this. She just she doesn't need me to marry her. She just needs me to. To be there, her eye candy when she goes on these trips or yeah. when she goes on these dates, so she could take nice pictures yeah. and, and do things. And it's like, there's a consequence to pay for that. We probably won't see it for another 10, 15 years. It might be major. No, no, we're seeing it. We're seeing it. We're seeing because now we have a lot of black women that's complaining that black men are going to the to to to, to the other side. To the other side, they're going to other cultures. They're going to uh, other men. You know. So, but again, you've been pushing this agenda and you have to be careful with your words because the bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue so you've been pushing this down quite a few years and just saying it and saying it and now you're seeing it you're seeing white women getting their bodies done making sure they do look like black they're built like black women to where now white black men are coming to them and just saying okay well you guys said you didn't want us you're looking black men now. This is a thing. I don't know if you know that they're flying out to Brazil and different places where they're finding women that's just willing to say, listen, yeah, I want I, I want you. That's, that's a, all black men saying. It's an ego thing. It is. They're but not, let me know that you want me, that I'm, that, that, you know, that I'm special to you. They're not stroking our ego. <laughs> and that's a problem. That's a problem. We just we just got to see how. It, I mean, hopefully, it just I feel like what's being pushed out there changes. Maybe different TV shows need to be made. Maybe uh, different reality shows or, or or you know TikTok is pushing. It's it's really what's being fed out there, and I'm just like, hopefully it changes. Hopefully men stop accepting that. Like yeah. I've, I don't. I remember I opened, I went on a date with a young lady one time and I opened the door for her. Like, she almost lost it. She was like, what? Like, men still do that? At first I thought she was joking, but she talked about it almost the whole night. Wow. How, like, like she just stopped expecting it. That I think little bit of shivery just showed her. They stopped, and I, I feel like women just stopped requiring it in wow. a sense. Like, okay, don't worry. Don't worry about opening my door. I'll open it myself. And thank God I still see some women who still require it, who yeah. still... I, I went on a it was a while back I went on a date with a girl she just stood in front of the door and I was you know at that time I was you know so I'm like is it locked they're not open like I'm I'm like yeah. looking around and then I, I reached over her and I pulled the door open and she's like oh, 
And then she walked in. I started laughing so hard. I was like, oh, okay, I get it, I get it. So some women still require it. Some yeah. women just, they just don't want to deal with that. And they're just like, I'll just do it myself. Women have a lot of power. And they set the standard in the relationship. They really do. That's another topic, huh? <laughs> That's not yet. That's not open that door. You know, but they, 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 they really set the tone and the temperature of their relationship. Because if you start, start the relationship off like that to say, listen, I need you to pamper me. I need you to make sure that you're a man in this and, and that chivalry is not dead. So that man now knows exactly what he needs to do. Yeah, I, t- I tell my homegirls that all the time. You, if you make tacos every Wednesday, like men, we're, we're men, but we're also dumb. You, you, can, you can, I don't want to say train, but you can make an expectation of a man to where yes. like, if every Wednesday you make tacos, we expect tacos every, every Wednesday. Wednesday. We're going to show up every Wednesday. Let's and I'm go. like, and I tell them all the time, even if yeah. one Wednesday you say no, I'm going to make what, you lobster. What? Like, like whoa, whoa, wait a minute. What's going on? Yeah. What's like, going I'm on here? I, I need my tacos. Yeah. So once you set you, that standard, exactly. that's it. And it's hard. It's, it's nearly impossible to get us out of that. Exactly. No, it's crucial. I, I think it's crucial. Um, but just to get back on the topic of the sex before marriage, I know it's hard. I know it's tough out there. Because um, once you've tasted that, it's hard to go back. Um, once you've experienced it, for you to now turn around and say, I'm going to be celibate, especially in South Florida, where everybody walks around naked almost. <laughs> so <laughs> it, 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 it will be very hard and tough. But as, as the disciples told Jesus, you know, man, who should... This is impossible. Jesus said, with God, nothing is impossible. But I do think the church has, in a sense, failed single people in a sense. I feel like the messages are really veered towards married people. And I I don't want to, I'm not going to say this church, but I know most places, the people in the congregation that are having sex are more of the single than the married people. Yeah. I even heard married people say they get less sex when they get married. So wow. it's um, <laughs> wow. I just feel that's like terrible. if I show up to church and I'm a single person and yeah. I may be sexually active or I'm not sexually active, I may need I may need may need to hear a message to where like to help me to say okay when I am struggling or when I do have a desire, let me go read this verse that verse or let me put it in my mind that I need to I need to hear something that would make me doubt the need of that sexual desire mm. not for me to hear oh treat your wife like this treat your husband like this and your wife husband wife husband i'm just looking at it like okay i don't have a wife or she doesn't have a husband like wh- what am i supposed to do when i've already sinned and then people will use forgiveness well god knows my heart god knows it's hard to deal with he'll forgive me or I heard some people is, well, sex is my only sin. So once I get married, I'll, I'll go to heaven because now it won't be a sin anymore. Now, and, and, and somebody told me on, at Bible study they got married because they wanted to have fun. They wanted to have sex. So it's, it's, it's really like I feel like it is a big part and I am struggling with it. And I know a lot of people use excuses, like I said earlier. Well, I know I'm going to marry this person. So we might as well start having sex so I know what it is when I get married. So, okay, I know he's going to or she's going to please me. I have nothing to worry about. Okay, let's get married. Yeah. Rather than going into that unknown and I'm signing a lifetime contract with somebody who can only go two minutes when I'm used to going 25 minutes. The, so it's, the biblical understanding is really, one, we have to be honest. People got married a whole lot earlier. 
Yeah. You know, during Bible times. Yeah. So, so not only did they get married earlier, but they also had sex more often and, and, and earlier as well. Compared to today, we're in our 30s and sometimes in the 40s before we decide to, to settle down. Um, so we have to take that into account. So even when the Bible, I, I was telling Rachel once that even when we talked about the virtuous woman from Proverbs 31, I said the virtuous woman had, had peep servants. So all this stuff, she's not doing it on her own. So, so we have to understand that uh, there are certain factors that really does not line up from first century to 21st century. So if we're applying what Paul said to say, if you have that desire and it's burning in you, it is better to marry than to burn. Um, but again, people are waiting a whole lot later. We're looking at quite a bit of change that took place from that time that Paul mentioned this to today, but it still applies today. It's just how do we apply it now? That's really the question that you're asking, is how do I apply it today without really setting myself up for failure in marriage? Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't wanna marry just because I wanna have sex. Um, so there has to be a purpose behind the dating. There has to be a purpose behind going in and, and just, why? Why do I want to be with you? Do we really match? Do I see myself with you long haul? Or is this a, just a fling? And I think people just need to be honest about it to say, listen, if I'm going to be with you for the long haul, then waiting a year for us to really be married is okay because then I know this, this like we have a lifetime now to make love. So this is crucial, but Honestly, I know that we're not gonna wait. Hormones are kicking in, you know. We're we wait, especially at the arc. We wait. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. So this was two good topics. We're gonna end it here. Um, really, really thankful for having Pastor Masha to you know take time out of the Appreciate day to come out here and speak me. with us. <laughs> um, and we always do this at the end. We always give a gem of the day. A uh, gem is probably just a word of advice or something that you just want to give out to the listeners. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, my gym of the day is please take time to uh, to listen to your kids and have conversation with your kids. Sometimes let's put the iPad down, let's close the TV and listen to them, especially the ones that are in school, because there's so much that I think they're getting, so much information, whether it's from their teachers, their classmates. You don't know what's in your kid's head or, or how they feel in, whether it's um, they're dealing with Maybe they may have some kids in their class that are bullying them or they see kids in their class talking about same-sex relationships. It's They should be learning from you first rather than the school or even the church. I feel like um, even Pastor Masha said this, the ministry starts at home first. And a lot of times I think we be so caught up with our lives that we don't even listen to them or we just, okay, here's the iPad, go away. And you don't even know what they're watching or what they're monitoring. What's, and that kid can grow up to be something that you didn't intend that kid to be just because you didn't take the time to listen because you, know. you expect the school or the church to raise your child. That's my gym of the day. Amen. Well, that's such a great gym. I don't have nothing to say. I say you gotta give a gym, oh, man. Man, that was so was, good. Well, I'll just add on to you know to what Zoe said. I would say um, the application of it, three days this week, sit down with your child at the table, eat dinner together, 
Put the phones down, including yours, mom and dad. <laughs> Put it down and have a real conversation with your, cho- you, you know, with your children, asking them about their day, asking them what their goal is, you know, where they want to be in life, what's going on at school. Some of us don't even know our teachers' name, you know, your, your children's teachers' names. So let's make sure we get to know them a little bit better to understand what's going on with them. And you might learn a lot from them. God bless. <laughs> All right. Thank you for watching our cast. Have a great day.